0: St. James family, what a wonderful day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It is a beautiful day at St. James United Methodist Church, located at 301 Watts Avenue in Lawrence, South Carolina. You can find more about our ministry over at stjamesumclawrence.org. We want to welcome everybody that is with us today, and for those that are listening virtually online, just a reminder this is an interactive service, so you can post your comments in the Facebook page. have your comments read online we hope you all receive a special blessing for being with us here today
1: good morning everyone and welcome it's good to see everybody this morning it's good to be in The house of God with God's people. It's good to be able to come to worship this morning. Amen. And what a wonderful day the Lord has made for us to rejoice and be glad in it together. Amen. I have a couple of announcements. The men's prayer uh, breakfast will be next Saturday, August the 1st at 8 a.m. at Lucas Avenue. Also, um, please be in prayer for your pastor. I will be going to annual conference Saturday, virtually. We will be having a clergy session Saturday morning. And if I'm dragging Sunday, you'll know why. I intended a training Thursday morning, and I had to take three cups of coffee after that one. It was only for an hour. They're saying that, the, that because we're gonna be doing this online, it's gonna take up to three hours because we have to vote on everything. We have people that are coming into our conference that, um, that, that are gonna be ordained, and they have not been, they've been waiting, and they have not been ordained, which usually takes place in June, so, they, so we have to vote on them in order for them to be ordained. Then once we vote on them, um, then they they will have an ordination service at St. John, and they're only inviting the um, the 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 and their families to the service. So that will be different. But that will be online streaming. So the work at the conference continues to go on. We do not know um, a date or a time for the annual conference yet. It has not been said. Um, so when I hear anything, I'll let you know. Let us begin our worship today as we stand together and join in our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. Let us unite together this morning in our historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate Our first hymn this morning, our first unsung hymn today is Open My Eyes That I May See. It's a familiar hymn that blesses us as we sit today and meditate on the words as Wesley plays. Hymn number 454, Open My Eyes That I May See. the Lord. Thank you, Wesley. Now we come to our time of prayer this morning. Do we have any prayer requests to lift up before our time of prayer, before we approach the throne of grace?
0: Hey, hey John, we did have a, uh, a prayer request come in through the Facebook page. Um, asked, asked to lift up Pat Martin, um, which is Bob Dominic's sister. She was moved to rehab Moved to rehab this week uh, while she recovers from shoulder replacement surgery and some other issues that she's having as well. Thank you. You said Pat Martin? Yes, Pat Martin. Okay.
1: Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today and as we approach your throne, we thank you that we can come boldly this morning because of the work that was done on Calvary's cross. We thank you that Jesus is our high priest and through his precious atoning blood, he allows us to come. Before you into your mighty presence. That we can come boldly this morning, that we don't have to be afraid, that we can come as we are, even with sin in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can come and we don't even have to be religious or have a church affiliation or have our lives and our act in order. We thank you, Lord, this morning that we can come and be a mess. But you still receive us, that we don't approach under our own merit. We don't approach because we've earned the right. We don't approach through our works but we approach through what was done when Jesus said it is finished. We approach because you are on the throne of grace and we can come because someone prepared a way and said in my father's house There are many matches. If it were not so, I would have told you. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And because I go to prepare a place where I am, you can be also. Minister to our hearts and minds this morning, Lord. Your redeeming grace. Remind us, Lord, that your arms are outstretched for us to come as we are. That you receive us. And all we have to do is receive what was done already for us on the cross. And Jesus' blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And he opens the door to your throne. And as we approach, we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not because of what we do, but because of what he has already done. We thank you for prayer this morning and for bringing our knees before that throne and that every need and every prayer is important to you. Every prayer that we pray is important and you listen. No matter how big an issue we have in our struggles of life, you hear our prayers. This morning, Lord, we asked you to be with an unspoken prayer request. We asked you to be with Marion and Ron Davis ask you to be with pat martin we ask you to be with pat lyda and mike lyda and we ask lord that you would be with our church and congregation and all the needs that we have and as we bring them before your throne this morning we ask now lord that you would teach us as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of God's children to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen now it's children's time and i'm going to invite steve to come and lead us in our children's time and if all the children are listening i hope you gather around for our children's moment with steve this morning
2: good morning all those children and those older children out here in the sanctuary today the message i want to bring all the children especially the little kids, and I'm included and so the rest of you, is all these crazy rules that we have to follow in our lives. Now, some of them are guidelines, some of them are rules. And as a little kid, of course, we know that mom and dad have some special rules. School's about ready to start again, so we know that some of us are going to have to get back in the swing of things, especially younger kids about getting to bed on time. No more 11 o'clock at night sitting up, watching TV or playing video games. You're probably going to have to go start going back to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock. It's been a while since I don't remember when I had to go to bed. Uh, And all these other crazy rules we have to follow. We ask, we probably ask our parents, like, why do I have to wear a mask all the time when other people don't have to wear a mask? You know, why can't I go back to school <clears throat> five days a week instead of maybe three and off two, or two and off one, and off go to two. The teenagers, when we you get a little bit older, you're gonna have some opportunities to drive a car. We understand why it's important to wear a seatbelt, because statistics show that if you don't wear your seatbelt, you have a car wreck. You know, you could get hurt. You don't use your cell phones when you're driving. But why? Well, the simple thing is we do it for our protection. Most of the time. It's for our protection to help us help others. <clears throat> my daughter and her, just for you little kids, my daughter, who I saw last week in Utah, her husband, my son-in-law, and her and my six-year-old granddaughter were driving the car the other day, and some lady on the interstate was on her cell phone. They saw her coming over and crashing the side of their car, Bang their car up, and they had to turn around. They had to go to the hospital, but they were okay today because they wore their seat belts, and they were careful in their car. The lady hit them was on her cell phone. That's a good example of why you don't use your cell phone when you're driving your car. Put it on cell phone mode or put it in the trunk. In the Bible, Jesus talks to us about rules and guidelines, and we call them commandments, and they're real simple. When your parents are teaching you to be productive citizens so one day you can go out of the house, especially you high school kids, one day you're going to be on your own, and mom and dad are going to miss you, but it's time for them to cut the apron strings and let them on their own. But we're out here in the world your parents are trying to teach you to follow certain guidelines. We know what Jesus says. By following Jesus's command, the Lord's commandments, our lives just run so much smoother. And I want to read what John wrote in uh, John fifteen verses nine to ten. And Jesus, these are Jesus's words. He says, "As the Father loves me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments." You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be fulfilled. You know, Jesus is telling us by following the commandments, doing what God asks us to do, our lives are so much better. We're going to have a lot more joy in our life. We won't be have all those consequences when we do something wrong uh, we won't have to suffer those consequences and the same thing's true today if like when you're in your car put your seatbelt on you won't suffer the consequences of being thrown through the windshield if someone hits you Uh, you wear your mask today because that's just kind of the guidelines for today that's what mom and dad when you go out you wear it Uh, and I just wanted to share that with you today I'm not a kid anymore. I mean, I'm still a child of God, but, you know, I've learned through my life, just like your parents have learned, uh, we follow the commandments, and our lives are so much better, just real simple, following what God teaches us to do. And by studying our Bible, reading our Bible, encourage you this week to continue to listen to the guidelines of what Jesus says and your parents. Let us have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the guidance you've given us and help us to understand those guidelines and rules that our parents give us so we will continue to have a joyful life. And we say this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Steve. Our next hymn, our next unsung hymn of our worship service this morning is in number 514, and our hymnal is Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus and Wesley is going to play for us as we meditate on this hymn. And, and we're going to listen to verses 1, 2, and 4. amen thank you so much wesley you're a a tremendous blessing to this church and to me and to this congregation it's sad that we can't sing but i i I tell you what i've been blessed by just listening to this man over here play i may break out dancing one one sunday morning because he's an anointed man of god and allowing the holy spirit to use him in playing, there's not many people. There, there are a lot of people that have a talent that can that can play, and they can play wonderfully. But when you have the anointing, like he has, you can feel it. Amen. Thank you, Wesley. Our scripture this morning is Hebrews four. Chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And I'm reading this morning from the New King James translation. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. Let us stand for the reading of God's Word this morning, and remain standing for the doxology, although we will not be singing it. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. And from, I'm reading from the New King James Translation. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You, and you may be seated. Let us pray together. Lord, we ask this morning that you would write your word upon our hearts so that we would be transformed. And to a doer of the word. That that word may come forth. Because we know it doesn't return void. But we pray it will bear much fruit. In our lives. We bind any hindering spirit. From this place this morning. And we take authority. In the name of Jesus. Through the power of the blood. Give us ears to hear and open hearts to receive your word today. And may it find its way into our lives and our heart where it grows a harvest of righteous living. We thank you as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I began a sermon series entitled A Choice. Not a game of thrones, but a choice of thrones. And I began my sermon series with the first installment in the message that I preached last Sunday from Hebrews 9, 27. And Paul writes, it's appointed once for a person to die, then after that comes judgment, judgment. So Paul, as I shared last week, alludes to the fact that there is a life after death and after that comes judgment it's appointed once for a person to die there is no reincarnation there's no karma we don't ante up in death trying to get to a better life what we have here and now is our life and what we do with it we can make it count for something good or not. That's our choice. God has given us the free will to choose. We have the power to make our life the way w- the w- we have the power to determine what our life is going to look like by the choices that we make. So when, we, when this life is over and we cross into the world that we call eternity that awaits us after death, we will face one of two thrones that I talked about last week. And last week, I talked about there, those two thrones that I'm going to be preaching about, the, the Bema Judgment or the Great White Throne Judgment. Those judgments await us, and they're based on our decisions that we make in life. We don't work to get there or earn to get there. It's not based on our merit, but it's based on our choice. We don't have to fight or get in the ring but the, what the, the throne that we come before in death and in the afterlife and in eternity is determined by the choices that we make here and now. You see, God does not make the choices for us. We have to decide ourselves. God is a God that loves us so much that he gives us free will. And God doesn't reign over us and make us into robots. He gives us the power to choose. We can either choose him or not. We can either choose to follow God's ways or not. It's up to us. So those choices follow us when we leave this world behind. They await us and determine our destiny. I preached about destiny last week. Last week I asked the question, how do we get there from here? How do we get there from here? How do we make the right choices to come before the right throne in eternity? I'm sure everybody in this room wants to make a right decision about eternity. This life is short compared to what waits us in eternity. Imagine that. We might live 100 years, 105 years, and that seems to be a a long time. But that's nothing compared to what eternity is going to be like. Forever, let me give you this equation. Forever plus forever plus forever times forever equals what? Forever. Forever. That's what God has in store for us after this life. See, God initially wanted to give us forever life here in this body when he made Adam and Eve. They were designed to live forever. God gave them access to the tree of life and said, eat it. But don't eat of the tree of the fruit of the the tree of the, good, of the knowledge of good and evil. And because Adam and Eve sinned, they fell short. So now, because of them, this body dies. But we have an immortal spirit and soul that lasts forever. The Bible says that no eye has seen nor ear heard all the wonderful things that God has built for those and prepared for those that love him this life my friends is like living in a garbage can compared to what waits us in the world that's not made by human hands God has been working on that for thousands of years so how do we get there from here pay our life after death insurance The writer of Hebrews tells us something so exciting and life-changing, it liberates us. He says that we can approach the throne. And we can approach the throne boldly, without fear. And we can come as we are. Amen? It's good to be able to come to the throne as we are right now. We can approach boldly without fear, without rejection, with acceptance. That's good news. But what are the restrictions? Steve was talking about the guidelines and restrictions. What are they? I know they got to be some, right? There's got to be a catch. There has to be red tape. After all, have you ever tried to visit the White House? Ever tried to call up the switchboard at the White House to make an appointment to visit the president? You ever tried to call the president and say, Hey, Don, I was just going to be in Washington later this week, and I want to know if you and Melania want to have lunch with me. How's that working out for you? You ever tried to call Senator Lindsey Graham or Senator Tim Scott and ask them to go to lunch? try making make an appointment with them. I mean, you can't even step out on the White House lawn to ring the doorbell to greet the president to welcome him to the neighborhood without being tackled by 25 armed Secret Service agents, the Marines, the CIA, Homeland Security, and the FBI. And this is supposed to be a government for the people, by the people, and of the people. If we have trouble trying to approach the president of the United States and we can't even get close to him, How in the world, how in the world can we approach the God of the universe? Who is much bigger than the president. Before the cross, dead people couldn't even come close to God. I'll say that again. Before the cross, dead people couldn't even come close to God. Because of sin. See, sin had lasting consequences, not only in your life, on your life, but in your death. And God had to prepare a special place that wasn't in heaven, that was in the earth, and it was called Sheol, or the grave. And when you died before the cross, and you were righteous, God, God gave you credit. God gave all the patriarchs and the prophets credit on Jesus. And when you died, if God made a covenant with you, he had a covenant with Abraham, covenant with Isaac, covenant with Jacob, covenant with Noah, that covenant lasted into death. But that covenant did not erase your sins. Still the debt had to be paid. So when you died, you went into Sheol, which was divided into two parts, the upper and the lower. The upper part was the bosom of Abraham, or sometimes it was called paradise. And then the lower part was called Gehenna, or hell. So the wicked went to Gehenna, and the righteous went into the bosom of Abraham, or paradise. And that's what happened before the cross. So how can we approach God if, when we're dead, we can't come close to Him? Good news. See, even Moses, the prophet of God, that gave us the first five books of the Bible, that gave us the Ten Commandments, the law, could not approach God face to face. And Moses wanted to he desired to meet with god and see god as god was and you know what god told him moses if i reveal my holiness to you all of it then my holiness will destroy you because of sin but god had a compromise for moses in exodus 33 12 god said i'm gonna pass by the mountain and i'm gonna put my hand over you in the cleft of the rock and when i put my hand over you I'm going to declare my goodness. And then when I tell you to, you can look at my backside. But don't look or I'll turn you to dust. So God passed by the, the mountain, passed by Moses, and Moses looked and saw God's backside. You know what it did to Moses? It lit up his face like a 100 watt bulb. You know, the, 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 the Jews didn't want to have nothing to do with Moses. They told Moses, don't be around us with that illumination of God from your face put a bag on your head so poor old Moses wanted to see God but the other people didn't want to see God in Moses the ironic the ironic <laughs> ironic blessing in Numbers 6 is a promise of a blessing if God looks to your direction it's a blessing for God's face to look toward you have his face shine upon you and give you peace. That was the blessing in the Old Testament, when God's face looked toward you. But all that changed. If, if we can't come to see, if we can't approach the president, how in the world can we approach God? Good news, Jesus came, and Jesus changed all of that. See, Jesus was a perfect man who lived a perfect life. And the law demanded that a perfect man had to die. Somebody had to die. Somebody had to shed blood. Somebody had to die that was perfect without sin. So I just read to you that scripture that Jesus was our high priest without sin, which meant that he, he, he was tempted in every direction, but he did not sin. So therefore, he offered himself as a willing sacrifice on the altar of God for for our sins. This is the paradox of grace. See, we're all cursed according to Romans because of what Adam did, and we're born in this world cursed, fallen. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have new life. Through one man's sin, we're all cursed. But through one man's perfection, guess what? <laughs> we're all perfect. As, so, as, as he is, so are we. Isn't that wonderful? That's the paradox of grace. We're out trying to win the world with religion. We don't have to. Jesus was the second Adam. See, Adam had to die. A man had to die. man had to answer for the crimes of sin, and that was the man, Jesus. And Jesus came on the scene, and he said something very interesting at this time that was almost blasphemous to the Jews. He said he called God, he used an intimate term to call God Father. That was unheard of in Jewish circles. You didn't go around calling God Father. John the Baptist didn't even speak that way. And Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. So that where I am, you may be also. See, we needed a mediator to give us an access to God. We can't get there ourselves because of our sin disqualifies us. So we needed somebody to be a, a mediator, someone to open the door for us. You ever seen a turtle on a post? You know the turtle didn't climb up there itself, although turtles can climb. But seeing a turtle on a post, somebody put him up there. Today, we approach grace, the throne of grace, because of what Jesus did. Not what we do or do or did. But we approach the throne because of what Jesus did for us all on the cross. See, Jesus was our high priest. See, the high priest was the mediator between the people and God. The people would come to, to to the temple and they would discuss their affairs to the priest. The priest would do what was needed to 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 do the sacrifices for the people and he would restore, he would, he would communicate with God on behalf of the people. But see the priest himself, the priest himself was what? Sinful. But Jesus was perfect. And Jesus says, Guess what, guys? I'm going away for you. I'm going to die, but I'll come again. And when I come back, when I'm raised from the dead, through my death and through my sacrifice and through my blood, you're going to be able to go where I am going, and you're going to be in the presence of God. How exciting is that? I'm going to be in the presence of God and you can be there too. Wow. How exciting. John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins all the sins of the world. See, it was through his sacrifice on the cross that we can approach the throne of God. We don't approach through our works, through our own merit, but we come as we are. As a sinner, how else can we get there? Every one of us was sinners at one time, realizing that we needed grace. We didn't go home and start going to church to get saved. We can get saved right here and now. We didn't start doing religion to, get, to come before the throne. How many of you had to get cleaned up to take a bath? You just get in all dirty and, wash, and, the, and, the, and the soap and the water takes care of the rest. But my friends, when you come to Jesus and you approach the throne of grace... You come as you are, and the grace and the power of grace cleanses you from all unrighteousness based on what somebody else has done for you. Amen. Based on what he's already done for you, you just come. I hear people say all the time, well, I had to get my life cleaned up before I go to church, or let me work that out before I come to Jesus. Folks, time is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. The catch is, we've been studying about Revelation. So this will not be a surprise to you. Right now, we're on, God is on the throne of grace. We can come. And we can keep coming. And we can still come. forgiveness is available to all everybody Jesus died for everybody not just the methodist in town or the baptist but Jesus died for everybody we can still come folks today is the day but there's a time coming the bible says it's in the end of the book called revelation that grace will Expire. Now is the time to approach the throne. And the good news is, I'm going to give you a hint to another sermon. The good news is, if we decide on grace today, we'll be judged by grace later. If we receive God's grace today, then we'll be judged by grace later. And that's better than the alternative. That we're judged by works. And our works, folks, just do not measure up to what he's already done. Our blood and our life does not measure up to the power of the perfection of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We come up a little short. So all we have to do is invite Jesus into our lives and he takes care of the rest. Just say, thank you, Jesus. And the Bible says when we get to heaven, when we see him as he is, in his glory and majesty, we're going to do one thing. We're going to fall down and worship him. Throw our crowns before him and give him praise. Because we're going to see in the twinkle of an eye what he saved us from. And we're going to be so happy that we accepted him when we did. Because, folks, when I share with you the sermon on the great white throne judgment, I'm here today to tell you, you don't want to be in those people's shoes. But the sad fact is that there will be people that will not choose Jesus. Revelation says that there will be angels preaching the gospel. And people will not respond. They'll choose the beast over God in the last days. And I think that's what's happening today, folks. You just look around. Maybe he's coming. Maybe in the distant future. Maybe tomorrow trumpet's going to sound. And all of this, we can kiss goodbye, because we'll be with him. Amen? So this morning, the good news is, we can approach the throne of grace as we are. We don't have to wait in line. We don't have to earn a slot. We don't have to make a telephone call and make a reservation. We can come as we are, and God will receive us as we are. It's not our merit or our works that gets us in the door. It's what Jesus has already done. Amen. We can approach the throne of grace boldly today without fear, because God is ready to receive us in his presence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us stand with a benediction as we close our service. Let us pray. God, go with us. Empower us. Protect us. Guide us. Minister to us. Love on us so that we may love on each other. Grow in us your fruit of everlasting peace. Bless each person. Bless their going and their going and their coming. Bless their homes. Bless their lives. Allow them to know that you're God and that you go with them. Grant them your everlasting peace that passes all understanding. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs>